Welcome to The Last Rung, a light-hearted podcast for the self-employed, getting to the heart of the many influences that can help you to thrive in your solo life and make the switch from an employed to a self-employed mindset. Unedited and uncensored, the inspirational chats with those who have taken the leap will provide realistic actions for you to take away, the chance to learn from others' experiences and help you see that you are not alone, even when working from the spare bedroom in your PJs and fluffy slippers and you haven't left the house for days. I'm Helen Hill, author of Falling Off the Ladder, owner of learning design business Unlikely Genius, business coach and co-founder of environmental initiative Be The Future. I'm now on a mission to help the self-employed really embrace the freedom that allows them to be fully themselves, to thrive and to leap off the last rung of the career ladder for the final time. Come and say hello at fallingofftheladder.com or over on Instagram where you can find me as Falling Off The Ladder. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you like this episode. But first, let's introduce you to this week's guest. Welcome to The Last Rung. In this episode, we have a freelance content writer, editor, social strategist, columnist, and all-round wonder, Fee Shales. She's a lady after my own heart with so many interesting things on the go. She's become a real inspiration in the freelance community, even though, plot twist... She's actually in full-time employment and freelances alongside this. I'm looking forward to chatting with her about this balance and how on earth she manages everything. So welcome, Fee. How are you doing? Hello. Hi. hi. I'm, I'm okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's really great um, to be, be here. Yeah, it's lovely to have you here. And before we get going with sort of some of the questions and things, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about what you do? Sure, yep. So um, my name's Fee, as you've already said. <laughs> I work at the moment for a creative agency based in Marlow, although we're all sort of home working at the moment. Um, and I'm a social strategist there, but I also freelance part time and, and have done for about six years now, um, doing sort of content and social media for a small handful of clients. Um, and I also manage a blog um, and some other things. It's just kind of, yeah, quite a lot, quite a lot of fingers in pies <laughs> where yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people as well, but yeah, you obviously thrive off the flexibility of all the, and the variety yeah. of doing all these things. I think so. Yeah. And Content yeah. Club, of course, some people might yes. vaguely recognize my name from the Content Club Twitter chat too. Yeah, yeah. So on a Tuesday morning, um, yeah, I missed it again this week. Someone keeps rearranging a meeting <laughs> at that time, but yeah, it's a furious thirty minutes, isn't it? Of tweeting yeah. and retweeting and having a chat, and it's a lovely community that, yeah. if anyone hasn't heard of it or been involved, do you want to just explain what that's briefly about, actually, because it is a great yeah, thing sure. to be involved in. Yeah, sure. So uh, it's a weekly Twitter chat that happens at eleven a.m. every Tuesday. That's UK time um just by search if you search for the hashtag content club uk or on word then you'll stumble upon whoever's hosting that week uh we have a batch of regular hosts uh, also some guest hosts special guest hosts um and we just talk about content and all things content so it could be topics to do with content marketing or putting content together a, a lot of um the people that come along on a regular basis are actually freelancers so sometimes topics around dealing with clients and that kind of thing comes up 
Uh, so yeah, it, like you say, it's a furious half hour. And if you're hosting, then um, your notifications go mad to the point that Twitter sort of thinks that you're scamming people and stops you from liking things. And, you know, after a while. So yeah, it's it's been going for just over three years now. So really, yeah, it's amazing, really. Um, yeah. It's been going for that long. Yeah, and it's really nice to, I think you get quite a bit of sort of validation out of it when people respond in with the same problems you have. And yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah, I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone in, you know, non-paying clients or, you know, issues yeah. with your content, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, yeah so it's really nice. Definitely yeah. check it out. It's interesting. You said, though, about most of freelancers. I don't know why in my head I was thinking it was all freelancers. Oh, I think well, it's just because the ones I know probably are. Sure. Yeah, no, the yeah. vast majority are. I've noticed some um, in-house people uh, from time to time as well, but I guess the struggle for them is getting it in their diaries and actually being they've probably got less flexibility in a way to kind of be available because they're at the mercy of perhaps what their colleagues are putting in the diary and so on but yeah I mean it's mostly freelance audience which which is amazing uh we get a lot of the same people just really loyal to to the chat and also it's a great place for people to support each other and like you say a lot of people have got the same kind of pain points and problems that they can share solutions with each other and really help each other out so yeah it's, it's a, as well as sort of the content side of um, knowledge and gaining tips and all that good stuff there's also the kind of community support um, helping each other out element as well which is you know obviously fantastic yeah and just getting to know the people's names and well, I was, yeah. was going to say faces. You only see the little picture, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, you'd start the people that, like, I started noticing on there, then would link to them on LinkedIn and, and various other places. And then you start to hear what all these different people are doing and become part yeah. of the community. And that's really nice. That's a yeah, definitely. nice yeah. place to be in. So as we mentioned in the intro, you actually freelance alongside full-time work. So how long have you done this for? And is it part of a strategy to go freelance? Or are you happy balancing the two and plan to carry on that way? Um, so I started about this time six years ago and it was basically just because I was in a job where I was doing a lot of the same kind of work but I didn't really feel like I was in I was like managing the team but I didn't feel like empower fully empowered I was kind of constrained by the the way that the culture was and I was in financial services as well which is quite you know the content is uh, after a while I mean, it can be quite dry should we say yeah. <laughs> um, and quite technical as well and I felt as though you know I'd been there for two or three years already and I wanted to get some other kinds of sector experience under my belt and have more freedom to do work that excited me a little bit more so that's why I kind of started to it was all very fluid so nothing was really planned and I did think at the beginning you know if, if not if I don't get any track traction with anything I'll just you know pack it in after a few months or something but um I yeah just really slowly over time it built up and um even to this day like I still don't feel like I've really planned anything it's all just kind of <laughs> organically happened so I guess you know one day I absolutely would love to just work for myself and I'm kind of very you know I know they say the grass is always greener but I, I'm sometimes very envious of 
uh, my my full-time freelancing peers because I just think oh you know I wish I had time to like execute the same kind of I you know idea ideas that's a real thing that I lack is sort of time um so I really have to be very uh I guess careful with how I use all of my time for work and yeah eventually I would like to be my own boss but at the moment um you know it's the classic thing of oh it never seems like the right time <laughs> especially you know the last couple of years have obviously been very difficult I've been very lucky to keep my full-time job but at the time I did lose like three quarters of my clients because they were right. kind of all folding yeah. during the pandemic so I was lucky to sort of pick pick up again it, it is so up and down isn't it and um yeah I think at the moment I'm just kind of happy with with where I am and uh just seeing you know I'll see how things are later on you know in time but uh yeah eventually I would like that's kind of the that's kind of what I'm ultimately reaching for it's just a case of when and there's always something you know it's the classic yeah I was just going to say there's never a good time is there there's (laughs) there's always going to be that oh well when I've moved house when the kids are older when I've got more money when I've there's always something isn't there that you can kind of put it off with but you at least have that benefit that you're in a job that you're ticking away with that you're content with and I think it's those people who are really unhappy in the other world but still yeah. making the excuses where it's difficult. And, and yeah, I often say, I'll throw yourself in. <laughs> Go yeah, for it. It, it is yeah. so difficult because where I work is a great place. It's full of really great people. A lot of them I can call my friends. I get to work with some amazing, massive clients that, you know, all look great on a CV, if you like, and great for my experience. So in some ways I've got the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm one of these people that I've always got you know I always feel like oh what's the next thing you know I'm never quite satisfied with with what I've got um so yeah I think at some point I'll I'll make the leap I hope but yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and it it is sometimes you just and sometimes you just get that moment don't you of that's it right I'm doing it and I yeah. think we can you can hold on and wait for that forever and some but then sometimes it takes you by surprise and it could be next week it could be you know you, yeah. you do just have a moment you think right I'm ready now I, and I think um I, I I mean I threw myself into freelancing I'd done it on the side for 10 years but okay. only with little jobs um but when I was you know seriously unhappy in my work and ill and yeah. whatever and I actually got offered a contract which I thought well, it'll tip me over while I find another full-time job but then mm-hmm. discovered I loved it and that was it that was it for me. I was like yeah, yeah we'll carry on this way so sometimes it's just an accident as well isn't it that you end up yeah. in that world um but you've certainly built a good a good start for it I mean you're you, you know you you've done it very well in that you have already got clients you've already established yourself in the freelance community and all of those things don't you so you will have a nice base to start with I think and you you know you it's even about just like I say building that community and even referrals and things isn't it that you know people know you now and that you run content club and all that thing so if they will send clients your way if they can't fit things in and that's I would say that's a good way to do it isn't it for anyone that's listening yeah absolutely yeah, yeah I think I've, I have been very lucky and I think I've definitely seen 
the freelance world change in these six years when I started out I knew Mm. nothing about anything (laughs) there weren't as many resources as there are now there weren't as many kind of I don't know I didn't feel like um there was a lot of information well good quality information compared to what what there is now you probably didn't have like you know all the great slack groups and communities that you can join and facebook groups and so on so I, th- I think you know if you were to start it now and even if you were tentatively doing it on the side you're probably going to find you'll get a lot more support than if you start it perhaps six years ago I mean, you you probably totally know this because you've you've done it for even longer as a, as a side thing before you went full time but yeah. yeah um yeah I mean I couldn't figure out Twitter for the first 10 years it's only <laughs> since I've gone full time that I and started to look at it properly that I was like oh this is what you do on there and yeah I totally just couldn't get my head around it and you know I had an account that just sat there basically because I just couldn't understand how it would be of any use but I also don't think a lot of the communities were there like freelance heroes and stuff obviously when I started um yeah now you've said it yeah it was a very different world I was very much just on my own doing this work at home on an evening yeah and no engagement with other freelancers at all yeah and Uh, I think I think now it would be a very different place for somebody and I think particularly with Twitter it's such a great it gets a bad rap for a lot of things but it's a great place to go if you're somebody who well if you're a freelancer and you're looking for you know to make connections to bounce around ideas you've got a problem you need solving oh how did you you know any advice for somebody who's about to do this with a client or you know people are so generous and will always there will always be even a small handful of people that will chip in and make you feel welcome and like your question isn't stupid and actually they've been there too and all of that great stuff that kind of starts conversations and communities off so yeah yeah so it's a great it's a great hub for for that kind of uh yeah for that kind of chat yeah and and from you know learning from other people's mistakes so you don't have to do them yourself that was a big thing that I said recently of like you know watch these conversations oh right yeah I could I would have done that right I won't do now and yeah it it is good for that kind of thing um so preempt the mistake before you make it in a way yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. totally and even to the extent of you know the fact that freelancers can have quite open conversations about who they're working for you know there might be crossover in that somebody has worked with an organization and they could basically say to another one oh you know stay away from them it's kind of all of that kind of intel that you just wouldn't get if you weren't having these conversations on places like twitter twitter chat slack wherever so you know i think yeah there's so much more support just out there now it's actually so so much it's hard to remember the ones that you're in and to go to them actually yeah. sometimes isn't it <laughs> yeah I definitely yeah. find that yeah yeah so what's how do you manage to balance the full-time work and the freelance then is it do you find it quite easy or to, to do it without burning out without the overwhelm um yeah it's it's a tricky one I think sometimes it can depend on how busy I am with the freelance stuff because it's definitely been peaks and troughs at, at times with with the workload um it it is just yeah a fine balance and just always trying to think ahead and set some time aside and 
make sure you're looking after yourself besides that as as much as possible it is difficult to you know it's a great there are so many benefits of being in a, you know if you're starting in a full-time job and then trying to do some freelancing on the side there's so many benefits but yeah you have to be careful certainly with how you prioritize things you shouldn't prioritize your freelance work that you've you know you, you've just won from you know over your full-time job and you know logical things like that you shouldn't let that suffer it's it's always a fine it's always been a fine balance for me and I don't really know in some ways how I've managed it because there are definitely some weeks where I've thought oh why why have I why have I done this I remember those days yeah (laughs) Yeah. but but in other ways you know with that same perhaps uh flurry of of work for for freelance um clients as soon as you get it done you're like oh it's great like now you know the the delight of pinging that invoice off is just you there's nothing to match that you don't get that kind of buzz in in a full-time job unless I guess you're on some kind of commission which I'm definitely not um (laughs) but yeah I think it is it is a case of just I think building up slowly as well so not kind of trying to win all the work on the side and you know try try and start small and be really really careful like really try and um estimate through speaking with that potential client say about how much time that work is actually going to take I mean that's besides how much you're going to charge for it how much time is that actually going to take out of your weekend out of your evenings if you if you take it on because often, <clears throat> like with any job to do with sort of marketing, I guess, people who don't do the delivery don't necessarily understand that 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 sort of piece of content that they want you to repurpose is actually going to take a lot longer than half an hour or an hour to do. Like the expectations can be very different to the reality, as I'm sure you know. So I think, yeah, just take it, take it slowly, I think, if you're going to do it would be my advice. Yeah, and I think it's having that long-term view as well, isn't it? That if you're doing it on the side of a full-time job because you want to eventually go freelance, that it's a short-term thing, isn't it? That eventually, you know, have a plan for are you going to do that transition in a year, in two years, in six years, in 10 years, whatever it is, and kind of look at the long-term goal as well. I mean, I when I was freelancing on the side, it was literally for money for holidays and things. There was no plan (laughs) of I could do it full-time. I didn't think I could um and I started to resent it a bit because you know I was coming home from a day's work I was stressed anyway yeah. and I was unhappy and then I was having to start work for for yeah, peanuts yeah and yeah. Um, yeah I think that was, I was definitely the wrong mindset for for where I was doing it there but what something you've said there though about like when you're talking to your clients and stuff do you I presume you have to be quite open with them about the fact that you're doing this as an extra in your evenings and then they can't contact you during the day yeah absolutely yeah so even if I just get an inquiry, I'm, I'm always that's pretty much like the first, second email that when we're lia- lia- sorry when we're liaising with each other about potentially working with each other, I'm really kind of explicit and upfront about the way that I work. So that yeah, exactly, I, I do work full time. I am available, you know, to pick up um, emails and some people like to invite me to like slack groups and things like that but I like to keep it outside of work my full-time work time obviously 
Um, and so I make that really clear and the fact that they will need to be, they would need to be a bit flexible with me in terms of, I might be able to do, I, I can't commit to like particularly like set evenings when I'm going to do work for them or set weekend days. It's, it all has to sort of, they have to have that flex, flexibility to let me fit it in a, around my, my work and Every, you know most of the time it's it's never really been a problem I haven't I've been lucky enough not to have any you know clients that aren't very I've, all my clients have been pretty nice and and quite patient and flexible so I've, I've been really lucky but obviously not every not every client will be like that so they'll, they'll want you to be they'll be more demanding they'll want you to be free during your lunch hour for a, a group call or something and you know um so yeah I think yeah it's part of working with a freelancer isn't it that they should yeah. really expect in a way that you're not a nine-to-fiver anyway like I sometimes work in an evening rather than a day or and you know I'm trying to set up much more boundaries around that this year but um yeah and it's, it's something you often see freelancers talking about of, oh my client wants me at my desk nine-to-five but actually that's not when I work and yeah I think we all have to push back on that anyway. So yeah, it's it's a it's a hard conversation to have at first sometimes. But you know, it's also about finding your clients, isn't it? And if they're really yeah. not going to appreciate that is how you work and your boundaries, then they're not the client for you, and yeah, they need exactly. someone that is at the desk nine to five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah, I, I have to make it. I have to make the side the side job of freelancing work for me else it yeah. will just become too complicated and it will affect it'll just affect me in, in a bad way I'll be bending over backwards in ways that doesn't really suit me just to service a client that might might end up being a nightmare anyway so you know yeah. I think you do have to set these things out up front and they you know they take it or leave it depending on the kind of client they are and, and yeah. what their what their constraints and uh limitations and challenges are I suppose yeah sure and one thing that um it's, it's something that I didn't think about particularly when I first started out but sometimes when you are freelancing on the side of a full-time job you also need to ask permission from your employer don't you if you're in the same industry is that something you had to do yeah yeah I yeah. um I've always made sure that when I accept a job offer, so I think I've been in, this is my third since I uh, started freelancing. And yeah, I've always got it in writing from the HR department or my my manager just up front, just saying, you know, I'm taking this job, but as long as what I'm doing doesn't clash with where I am from a you know, competition point of view, there's no conflict of interest then you know it's it's fine and I you know again I've been lucky enough to have employers that have been fine with that and um so I've, I've been able to carry on and be quite you know I, I think it's best to be transparent yeah about it um yeah yeah I mean you last thing you want is a legal battle down the road isn't it so yeah, yeah. I'd certainly raise it and I mean it as long as you're not directly com- like competing with their clients or trying to approach their clients, I, yeah. I don't think I've ever known anyone to have an issue and be told not to do it actually in terms of like design and stuff. Um, I think if you work for huge corporate companies, there's sometimes a bit of a 
thing about if you go consulting and things yeah um, yeah but, definitely and I, yeah. I had in my last agency when I've said that I was going to be leaving to take the job I'm in now I actually had one of the agency clients I remember saying to me oh you know I know you're leaving here but can you take the, can you carry on doing the work you were doing but doing it in the freelance in your freelance life and I basically had to say no because I, I just felt like it wasn't you know I, I didn't want to pinch their clients whatever I might have thought about the employer by the time I left <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to pinch their clients so and I thought it was the wrong thing to do so I did say no but yeah that is something that can happen you can end up leaving somewhere particularly if it's an agency I suppose or, or a consultancy and people will want you to they'll want that continuity so they'd be prepared to kind of farm you know that bit out to you separately which yeah is obviously a bit controversial um yeah it's very difficult and I think you almost need to have that written up front as well don't you because like and you even get this in freelancing so like I've done work through recruitment agencies and it will always say in the um contract that once I've done my stint for the company whether it's a month six months whatever that yeah if they want to hire me in the next year, they have to come back through the recruitment company again. But then after that year from the finish date, they can come to me direct. All right. And I've had people come to me within that year saying, oh, well, can we just come to you direct? And I've had to say, I I can't because I also don't want to break that tie with the recruitment agency. And luckily they've just come to me again through the recruitment agency. Mm. So it's fine. I get less money, but you know, (laughs) because the recruitment company takes the cut. But then there are others that I've done a contract for them two years ago and they'll come back to me like now and say, oh, well, we're out of scope and, and I can do it then. That's fine. Yeah. And that's um, such a great compliment to you as well, because A, they remember you <laughs> and B, they, you know, they might have been willing to wait to work with you or they just, you know, they just want to go to, they just want to use you again, which which is brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's oh, it's, word of mouth and repeat business and stuff are huge for freelance aren't yeah. they They're, yeah I, I think I worked out the other day how many I was doing my whole like year in numbers kind of summary of last year and out of my oh yeah was it eight contracts four were repeat customers so 50 percent huh. return rate and then two Ooh. of the others were referrals anyway from the ones I'd done so there was yeah. only actually two totally new ones that I'd sourced last year because I'm just doing for the same people or from people they refer me on to which yeah yeah when you can get to that point I think in freelancing that's when you start to feel more comfortable as well yeah um because do you niche you're not niche down into any particular industry are you you're you write about all kinds of things yeah I I think um yeah no I'm, I guess I'm not really uh, I know other freelance there are many other freelancers that that do that they just specialize in a for a particular sector or sectors um but yeah I, I've I have done I have covered quite a lot of different it, industries I suppose yeah from recruitment and um med tech and financial services again insurance um what else software uh training and consultancy yeah all sorts um I think uh, yeah at the moment I'm writing a lot about content itself and and all (laughs) of that stuff which is is is, you know kind of even more enjoyable because that's what I practice I suppose so 
writing about different things for I don't know or editing things for people like gather content and um working in content.com is just I don't know it just feels like home in a way whereas I've recently had another client where I was writing about electrical fires which which is fine I mean you learn a lot about those kind of things by writing about them but obviously it's not a subject close to my heart um so yeah I've definitely had a, a big variety of uh of, of subject matters and themes and topics to to cover yeah definitely yeah, I always say this about the e-learning I learn the most random stuff I I know all about treating diabetes in school-aged children mm-hmm. I know about phytosanitary export marks mm-hmm. who knew they even existed <laughs> yeah. but so I got very funny. excited when I was at yeah. the gym and there was a crate with one of them on it I was like oh, I know what that is I don't know what it means yeah. <laughs> I will never need that in my life, but I, I know all about them and stuff. But I like that. I, I get really intrigued mm-hmm. by stuff. And yeah. but also, I think I've got to that point now where I've written about that much random stuff. And a lot of it's become very tech based and writing about printers and software and uh, 5G internet, things like that, which blow my mind. Yeah, um, and it's really made me realize how much I love the projects in well-being and, mm-hmm. and health and things like that. So yeah. I am trying to niche myself down a bit now, but there, there's a, there is quite a bit of conversation about whether to niche or not, isn't there? In mm. in, in all, well, in freelance and in employment, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, do you think can you see yourself kind of picking a certain industry, or do you, do you think you'll carry on doing anything? Um, yeah, I don't. At the moment, I'm just sort of taking things as they come, I guess. So. Yeah. As you probably already gathered, I don't have much of a long-term plan in terms of my <laughs> freelancing and how I've like, you know, my ironically, you know, I am a strategist in my um in my agency job, but <clears throat> don't really have much of a strategy in my freelance life in that I just a, a bit like I'm uh, at the moment like an ideas magpie. Like I think of something, I think, right, I've got to, I really want to get that started and you know, start this thing off. I've bought a domain for this and then it, you know, it all comes down to time again. But in terms of like specialising, I don't know, maybe, uh, I mean, I do, I do enjoy writing about digital marketing itself and all of the elements that make it up and things like that. Um, but I, you know, I, I can't see myself at the moment uh, just confining myself to a particular sector or type of... Um, topic area or or whatever yeah it's all kind of mm-hmm. yeah it's like all like kind of quite open for me at the moment I think with with writing and, and producing content anyway by working in different niches and industries and things you practice different types of writing don't you and that yeah. I, I've really found that that it, it actually has helped my writing to write about all these different things and at different levels so like the 5g internet stuff was at such high level multi-masters phd level people and then you know all the stuff i'm writing for general public and stuff and you you really learn a lot about tone of voice and language yeah. and, and all of definitely. that so i would definitely say it's a good thing to start out doing all sorts and yeah. practice before you niche and obviously it helps because you there's more projects you can be open to to get more money in <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah um there is that yeah definitely and I think <laughs> it, it can allow it can allow you as well I guess to uh write for different formats 
you're more likely perhaps to write for yeah. different formats and uh if you're spread over different industry i mean there's nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a you know having a specialized area at all but um yeah. yeah i think at the moment i kind of struggle to really feel like i fit into one of those one of those specialisms um so yeah we'll we'll see what happens well i mean i say i'm niching but i'm niching into like five areas <laughs> rather right. than everything i'm still i'm still leaving it open That's okay. still, yeah and and i think but like you like there's loads of things i'm interested in and i get that shiny magpie syndrome of oh i'll do this and i'll try that and i'll so to be in one to me would i i'd lose that variety that i love and that keeps me going and i yeah. think it depends on if you're really good at focus and really have your knowledge in one subject absolutely go for it whereas i'm a bit of all sorts i'm jack of all trades i'm uh, absolutely jack of all trades <laughs> yeah but it, it, it's a nice it's nice to be able to have the choice though isn't it and that's the thing yeah. with freelance in that you can you choose what's right for you nobody can tell you which way to go yeah absolutely so what's you know because obviously this podcast is a lot about mindset and things what is your biggest challenge do you think when it comes to mindset and how do you kind of work through it particularly um, obviously having you two two roles well this is quite an easy one for me that's procrastination <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm I'm a terrible procrastinator um and I don't do the things that perhaps I should so I don't get things out onto lists and notes on my phone and things like that even though I, I used to do more of that but um I don't know what it is I just of keeping it all in my head so I think that's a challenge because then you know they say procrastinate well some people say procrastination is like a fear it's a fear of kind of getting started a fear of you know whatever it is that you have to do but I just feel like I I don't know I just turned um, I just always turn things over a lot in my head before I do anything about it and I was actually in a in a brainstorming meeting at work this week and I just was kind of thinking oh god like although I can come up with ideas I don't know if brainstorming meetings are like the best for me because I, I had to I sort of I felt like there was an expectation for me to sort of come up with all these things like I was you know in front of a clip um, a flipboard like come up with these marketing ideas or whatever but I just I'm the kind of person that just has to turn things over but the danger with that I find is that it turns into procrastination because you know when is the end point of that turning over things in my head so I think that that's a big challenge and that's what stops me from getting writing uh, my own stuff so I prioritize and get on with the things that I absolutely have to do I feel like a real responsibility to kind of get it done and get it done on time but when it comes to my, the, my own initiatives and my own things I find it hard to get going because I'm lingering I'm just I don't know I think you know should I do that bit? should I do that idea first or perhaps I should just wait a bit until an example comes up that I can use for that blog and I'll be in the shower or something and I'll start writing it you know right. like you do you'll, you'll start yeah. writing the beginning of it think right oh that's the opening line then absolutely like come out of the shower and forget 
And so it's all kind of aimless wandering, like rambling around without a map, just, you know, so I think, you know, I need to sort of rein myself in and obviously be more disciplined and organized when it comes to my own, my own stuff. That's, that's a, that's a big challenge for me definitely I, I mean i'm laughing because uh that is me entirely at the moment since, oh really since new year i have been procrastinating it's funny you say it's about possibly about fear because i'm changing part of the business a little bit this year and i think i'm potentially putting off actually do the doing and the fear that comes with it and okay. making another change and things like that yeah and but uh, yeah ideas in the shower i was actually thinking last week about how i needed to come up with an invention of a whiteboard and pen that worked in the shower and then i was like a whiteboard and pen would work in a shower just get a sucker and put it on the walls you don't forget this stuff because you can guarantee if i'm in the shower driving or swimming always the blog ideas just flow and then they're gone yeah exactly yeah and then you know yeah what you do it's just I come out and then I'm on to the next thing in my head and oh yeah I've got a nine o'clock call because it's a Wednesday or something and yeah I have to concentrate on my actual job yeah. um maybe we yeah. should just have like five showers a day and then yeah <laughs> write the rest of the blog and get it done dictaphone there you go that's what we need to take yeah, there, maybe. Good idea. yeah yeah but I I I'm spending a lot of time at the moment writing and rewriting my to-do list in a sort of priority order and then just ignoring it and then you know and doing which bits I want to do and what I I actually started doing was picking three things at the start of the day right I have to do these today and then I can look at other stuff and that's the only way I can make myself I have to hide the rest of the to-do list and just pick three do them and then I can faff with my podcast or whatever else that is not as urgent yeah, um, no, that's good. I mean, I think the dictaphone's a good idea. I yeah. would, I, I would imagine that I would then, I would just, I don't know. There's something about a dictaphone though that just reminds me of um, Alan Partridge, sort of talking <laughs> his ideas into a dictaphone, and I can imagine myself sounding just as, you know, cheesy and rubbish, like saying my ideas in into. Um, dictaphone and then my other half probably thinking what the hell is she talking about you know you're the second person that's brought alan partridge up this morning in oh, really? podcast. <laughs> yeah jenny did this morning but i was thinking to say my fellow be like because she's been a long time in show why is she chunnering to herself just <laughs> although he's used to it <laughs> no oh no that, that's so true though yeah i think i think many people particularly this time of year as well because of all this talk about goals and intentions and, yeah. and all of that for the year, quite a few people start to feel quite stuck, don't they? So I think I suspect we're not alone in the procrastination right now. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. So where have you seen the biggest change in your mindset from doing the freelance work and stuff? How has it really helped you maybe grow? Oh, that sounds really cheesy, but you know what I mean. Um, I know it's okay. <laughs> um, uh, I think it's sort of helped me be more assertive in in a business sense I suppose because when I started freelancing on the side you obviously have to deal with I was coming from like a place of being an in-house being in an in-house marketing department so we didn't have clients I had to talk to and all of that stuff but when I started freelancing on the side I had to be that account manager and the picture and the person trying to get the deal over the line and 
do the paperwork and all this stuff that you just kind of I just kind of picked up along the way I suppose and I think it goes back to when you're talking to potential clients up front being transparent and clear about um, what it is you can do what what you how you work if you're going to be part-time particularly and I think in the beginning I was more eager to um, just get any client in a way because I wanted to get going and I was probably not as assertive as I should have been in terms of my terms and all of that um all of that stuff and um I think over time I kind of realized that and, and a lot of this again was from talking to other people in the freelance community um just you know they would be saying oh no you know you need to say if blah 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 or oh you know you, you could you could charge more for that and you kind of learn over time you know where your where your comfort levels are and your your boundaries are you know if, if somebody is being really demanding you know potentially demanding or just also learning from say an inquirer's tone of their email and what they're asking for you know how serious they are um are they going to be a bit of a nightmare <laughs> to work with is their manner a bit kind of brusque I don't know they're just I think there are certain things you know and I've only had like a, a portion of this because I've only been doing it part-time but for people that are full-time and have been doing it for a long time of course you're just going to know automatically you know from reading people's emails what's going to suit you and what isn't or, or having a phone conversation even or a, a video call so I think over time, I've just kind of learned to be more clear about what I want and um, be more sort of selective. And um, if I don't think something's going to work for me or if somebody wants to pay me an X amount of days, then I, you know, I absolutely have the right to come back and say, no, actually 14 days, for example. So I think yeah that over time which happens for me so slowly and you make mistakes along the way I definitely oh did yeah. um mm. but yeah I think it's just that that's something that I've really I've really learned about dealing with clients directly and carrying the, all of the weight um of all the dealings and the delivery and all of that stuff on your own I think it, it can be quite character building yeah oh for sure and yeah, they're the bits that we don't think about that you do just pick yeah. up, pick them up by practice. <laughs> and, you know, I'm three and a half years in and I still need to work on my assertiveness sometimes and stop letting people walk all over me and my boundaries and all that. And that's that's a, a big thing that I'm working on this year. But it's also sometimes remembering to pay attention to those red flags in your gut, isn't mm, it? And yeah, not go, oh, it'll be all right. I've done yeah. that too many times. <laughs> Yeah. Why didn't you listen to yourself? (laughs) Yeah. 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 So that's there's definitely and I know Emma Cownley's got a video coming out about red flags and when you've ignored them and what's gone wrong. So um (laughs) I'll have to post that underneath if it's out. I don't think it's out yet. I'll double check. But um some funny anecdotes for that one. She's got one from me as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so so I usually end this thing with three three questions, just sort of quick fire type things. So the first one, um, uh, what does 2022 and beyond hold for you? Um, I think I'm just trying to keep 
keep afloat at the moment so <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah work works I think I mentioned or might have mentioned before we started uh, a proper chat that you know I've been really busy on both sides uh, of it all this this month and I think next month will be the same which which is great in a, in a lot of ways um I can see this year being like quite unremarkable for, for me <laughs> in in some ways but but in other ways like there are some ideas that I have uh, which I want to get kicked off so um I have just literally this week launched a LinkedIn newsletter which uh content therapy which has mm. been an idea that I know a newsletter is not a new idea I know that but um just I've wanted to I, I've, tr- I've tried lots of other newsletter formats and types in the past and I've never really I don't know I just can't seem to stick to it and I thought if I do it on LinkedIn and I make it more a lot more bite-sized in its format and more visual and the fact it's on LinkedIn maybe that will keep me accountable because it's more sort of visible <laughs> so yeah. that's my my plan and just to sort of issue five bits of helpful content a month to subscribers I'm building up from the from the zero because although I have a lot of connections on LinkedIn I didn't want to sort of spam everyone with the notification and then just not have the engagement so I've kind of um I've kind of started from scratch on building up a bit of a list um but then I've got other ideas like I want to sort of compile some kind of book which I, I don't, I'm not going to talk about too much, but <laughs> I just had an idea for something and I kind of want to work on it a lot this year and see if it holds any weight. Um, something that will help a lot of content and co- copywriters out there, potentially. Um, just from my experience and what I've seen from like working with clients, seeing what's out there and um, from being in a couple of agencies um and then yeah I'm sure you know there'll be other things that I cook up but (laughs) I think yeah just keeping afloat is the main thing for me because the sort of balance of time I mean I don't have any kids I mean god knows what people do oh yeah I I don't know how they've got through (laughs) perhaps family to look after and you know I'm I'm lucky in in a way that I don't have uh family to look after right now and um I'm kind of my time is my own in a lot of ways but I think yeah I I, I think I've just got to carry on trying to to spin the plates in a way that you know it really uh, gets things done and done well yeah well Um, to be honest though I think when you've been doing freelancing or any job for a few years I think you get to that point where you need a year of just thinking and yeah. ruminating on stuff. And I think I'm at that point. And I think that's why I'm procrastinating as well. I've got all these ideas, but you can't do everything, even though yeah. I try. So, yeah, you've got to kind of sit and think, you know, let's check in in a few weeks and see which one's still the one that grabs my attention and that's got mm. maybe the more legs or... And I think sometimes it's really important to do that. And I've spoke to a couple of people that have said, like, I've not got a goal for this year. My goal is to, I'm happy as I am. My goal is to stay at this point. And I'm like, absolutely. You don't have to keep going for more if that's not what you want. But if you do want to experiment with stuff, go for it, you know? Yeah, Um, and I feel like the last couple of years have been difficult for a lot of people. And, mm. you know, just trying to stay sane when we've been cooped up indoors and 
missed out on a lot of events and things that we you know had in the diary and I think just keeping on a, on an even keel is important for me so I, I'm kind of conscious that I don't want to I, like overload myself too much this year but at the same time I, I kind of want to push myself a bit a bit more in some ways um so <laughs> I'm glad it's your builders that have set off not mine <laughs> yeah sorry about that I think it's the yeah it's the gas works across the road um but yeah I think yeah hopefully this year will be a much more fun and um more productive well last year was quite productive but um yeah hopefully this year will be a smooth sailing year yeah and nice calm yeah ease you into it yeah I yeah. think that's what I've needed this year I've definitely <laughs> tried to approach it with a with a calm a calm way in but um so next one is name a resource whether it's a podcast a book a community whatever that you have found really helpful uh so obviously like I would say content club because well, I, yeah, it, it, it would be remiss of me not to I, I can't attend all of them live but I do most of the time like catch up with what's been um what's been talked about and what people have said other than that I do really like what I find on medium quite a, quite a lot I think there are a lot of great writers on there talking about things that um massive marketing publications and sites just aren't yeah. or if they are they're kind of covering it in a really generic non-opinionated way often with like really weak examples and um, I think on medium you can find a lot of people with both sort of knowledge and expertise but also uh, personality and they you know some yeah. some um pieces on there can really bring your attention to things that you just haven't seen highlighted anywhere else or they really dig down deep into certain practices to do with I don't know whether it's writing social email campaigns content marketing in general um, I think it's just a really useful hub of information and it's a bit like TK Maxx I think you've got to kind of go through yeah the volume of stuff on there and obviously yeah. over time it will personalize it more for you but there's there, there'll always be some gems that you find you know each time that you yeah. you have a browse and I think that's that's what makes it so interesting you know you find something out each time um you you go on there I love know. that you've used that analogy though because <laughs> I, I find TK Maxx a bit overwhelming like I don't know where yeah. to start and stuff and I find medium like that at the moment I mean I'm on there and I used to read it daily and admittedly uh -huh. it's dropped off a bit but I need to filter my feed a bit now so it's right for me I think I, mm -hmm. it just starts showing me all these 20 books for 2020 and 2021 oh, yeah. and, and it's still showing oh, me them all the time million pounds <sighs> writing about crap yeah. Kind of <laughs> yeah filter them out and then I need to get mm. back on that it, it is a really good resource and I love the fact that you can create your own publication on there and yeah. stuff and I do need to make more use of it and so I get more than my 18 cents every month off there <laughs> in fact not even every month every quarter I think I get that much <laughs> oh brilliant cool. yeah so if you've yeah people if you've not checked it out get on medium have a look finally I get you to pick a number from oh gosh what are we up to now where are we one to 22 and you will be asked a question on the spot <laughs> nonsense could be sensible 
Okay, this feels very like this feels like jeopardy, but I I am I'm gonna pick six because that's my lucky number. Oh, if you had a time machine and were only allowed one return trip, would you go to the past or the future? Oh my god. <laughs> um that's a good question. A hard one, isn't it? It's quite a hard one. I think uh, only only making one trip's quite hard as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I probably like go into the future because I think I don't think there's too much I'd change. You know, that's reasonable with a trip to the past. Yeah. Um, maybe if I went to the past, I would go to like <clears throat> either get straight into a job or study something more sort of hands-on than rather than go to uni because um for all the good things uni was I didn't really I don't think it really made much difference to my where I am now yeah. uh, which I don't know if that's controversial opinion or not but I think if I had my time again I would I'd probably change that um so yeah probably if I was going to go to the future I don't know actually do I even want to know probably not <laughs> isn't it I'd love to be nosy and just see oh. a few things but I think I'd I'd probably go back to the past in some way or I'd like a great bit of fun in the 20s or something you know and yeah I don't know yeah. it's I haven't thought about the angle of actually going back to change something I was just thinking to visit and yeah yeah maybe I would go actually go, yeah I'll change that I think I probably would go back into the past wouldn't go to uni um, I would do something more I'd study something more hands-on or get straight into like working because one of the things about um, the reason I say that is because I, I feel like almost in a resentful way I've had a very very long journey to where I am now so yeah. I think um, I think yeah going back and maybe getting a head start would be would be good and then maybe I don't think I'd be too far. I don't think I'd be in a different industry particularly, but um, just, yeah, perhaps getting more experience under my belt and maybe having been in a few more jobs, like knowing a bit more. Um, yeah. yeah, something yeah, like I that. I get that. I mean, I've been to uni three times now and I still don't Have think you? I've got any further on. <laughs> <laughs> some of them helped in some ways. Like my master's helped me get into lecturing and then... Well, lecturing, yeah, I didn't stay in long, but it got me into e-learning in a way. Oh, and cool, yeah. So it's all kind of, it's been a squiggly career, but it's it kind of all came together once I got into e-learning. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd love to be like a marine biologist or something. So if I went back and redid, I would do something like that. But I just didn't like science at school. And mm -hmm. we had issues with biology. Like our teacher ended up off sick long, long term and one right supply after another and stuff so I never quite that was the only one I understood but I never got into it as a result <laughs> and because they bundled sciences together and I could not do physics I just you know discounted it but now mm -hmm. I, I'm fascinated with the seas and all of that mm -hmm. stuff so I, I'd probably go back and do something like that yeah that's that's a much more exciting answer than the one I've just given you <laughs> well it's your answer that's triggered that up in my head <laughs> yeah go back and do that I'm gonna go and study killer whales for a living <laughs> oh well it's I not wish. too late no well 
yeah sally said that the co-founder would be the future with me she was like we can bring it into this project okay (laughs) (laughs) oh that's amazing thank you so do you want to tell people where they can find you and link to you sure um so i'm on twitter my handle is uh what is it again so it's fee fi underscore digital drum all one word um you can find me on linkedin just by searching for my name quite unconventionally um and my newsletters on there content club is as i've said every tuesday hosted by somebody different at 11 a.m uk time sort of join us through searching for the hashtag content club uk and i've got a blog site which uh again if you like google my name it'll probably come up as one of the first things or hopefully it will and that's a blog that's updated with the content pretty much every week blogs written by people who work in content there's also stuff about social ux content design content marketing brand advertising things like that so there's quite a massive range of of stuff all written by people that are doing it and have got a personality which I quite like <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah no it's a great website actually yeah that's fabulous thank you so much it's been lovely no worries. thanks for having me and yeah I shall point people in your direction and certainly get on come join us at content club for all the listeners cool. come check us thanks. out thanks <laughs> thank you cheers I hope you've enjoyed this episode and will come back for more. Please do leave a review on your platform of choice and hit subscribe to be notified when the next episodes are available. And sign up to the Last Rung newsletter over at fallingofftheladder.com for more tips, inspiration and chats with those who have been there and tested the waters for you. If there's anyone in particular you'd like to hear on this podcast or topics discussed, do let me know and I'll see what I can do. Until next time, have a good week.